Welcome to How They Did It. This is a career podcast that will interview different professionals to find out how they got into their careers. We will find out answers to questions like, what classes did you have to take in college? What was your interview process like? What does your day-to-day look like? And much more. I hope you leave feeling inspired after listening to these stories. Before we go any further, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Also, you can help me out by spreading the word to anyone that might benefit from hearing these stories. Thank you so much for listening to How They Did It. I'm your host, Hannah Josie. Let's get into it. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of How They Did It. Um, Today is going to be a really cool episode because this is my first ever interview for a professional athlete. So I'm really excited. Uh, We, uh, me and Rebecca, uh, sorry, me and Rebecca got connected by my sister. She is now working at Lifeline as the uh, marketing project manager. Um, But before that, she uh, did like what PGA, is that right? Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, PGA tour and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, Rebecca, thank you so much for being a part of this. I'm really excited to have you on. I'm so excited to be here. Um, well, let's jump into it. Um, first of all, where are you from? I am from Tuscaloosa. Um, graduated from a, yes, roll tide from a pretty small high school. Um, I think I graduated like a hundred people. Um, pretty big baseball and softball community. Um, I was the only golfer on my high school team. Um, but yeah, so from Tuscaloosa and then went to UAB and I've been in Birmingham ever since. And me and my husband, we live in Chelsea now. Nice. Okay. So, um, in Tuscaloosa, like when you were there in high school, did you know, like, obviously you had a passion for golf. I'm sure. Like, how did you get started with it? Was it at a young age or how did that come about? Yeah. So I, I played pretty much everything, basketball, softball, volleyball, um, from a pretty small age. And then whenever I was in eighth grade, ninth grade ish, um, my dad played golf, always was super interested in it. Um, and I just thought it was like the worst. I was like, that's so slow paced. That's really boring. I have no interest. Never want to do that. Absolutely not. Um, but with team sports, um, as, as you know, like you can play the best game of your life and still lose. Or especially in a small town, politics can start getting involved in different things and just different dynamics or whatever. Um, and At that age, um, he kind of pushed again. He was like, maybe you should try golf. And I was like, maybe I should. And so I kind of jumped in. And then in high school, I quit everything else and just did golf all the way through. Um, And kind of felt like I was kind of behind a little bit um, because a lot of people like playing in tournaments and everything. They've been playing golf since they were six or seven and then been playing in tournaments, you know, since they were 10 or whatever. Um, And I got involved with um, a pretty cool thing in Tuscaloosa called the the first tee. Um, And I worked there through high school, which was great. It also gave me free golf, uh, (laughs) free golf there and free range balls, which golf can be very expensive. And so before I could start driving or whatever, I just remember my mom would drop me off in the morning there on her way to work. Um, she worked at the hospital there. So I would get dropped off, you know, at like 
7.30 a.m. And then on the way home, she picked me up around 6. And so I was just out on the golf course all day long, ate lunch in the clubhouse, play, practice um, in the summer. And that was just like, really, that was just like the life for me then. Um, and so I, I did, as soon as I started realizing, that, hey, the work I'm putting in is paying off. I'm actually getting pretty good. The next steps, I was like, I want to play in college. Um, and kind of went through that process and I ended up, um, getting scholarship and being able to play at UAB, which was really, really cool. Um, but I took lessons all throughout, um, my time and the people that I enjoyed taking lessons from the most were women and women that also played in college and everything, just having those role models to look up to, cause it's a very male dominated, um, space. And that's kind of what jump started. And I was just like, you know, that seems like a really cool career. I think that's what I want to do. So whenever people like professional golf or whatever, I did not play and make money from playing. That was not what I did. Uh But um, I got to help other people by giving lessons and running tournaments and working at a club with membership and all that kind of stuff. Um, And I still, you know, was a professional golfer, but in a different way of like, um, like there's that new Netflix documentary, not that wasn't me. I wasn't full swing. I wasn't, you know, making money in that vein, but, um, I guess I'd still technically, you know, like am a professional golfer. That is so cool. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I would definitely put that label on (laughs) (laughs) professional golfer. Heck yeah. Um, it like doing like, uh, PGA and stuff like that. Um, I, I think that is so cool. Like you absolutely earned the title of professional. Golfer. <laughs> uh, that is so cool. Uh, so, uh, so you started kind of realizing in high school, like I could be really good at this and going into college and all, was there a different thing that you were like, I want to go to college and be this before your mind switched to like, I want to try this golf thing or what did you major in in college? Yeah. So I majored in, I did business management. Um, and I, th- I think I did a marketing minor just cause it was like, there's a couple more classes that you needed or whatever with my concentration. Um, but I loved school. I loved any kind of school, elementary, middle, high college. I would still be in school if it didn't cost a million dollars. <laughs> like I love it. I love, but really it's from the competitive side. Like I love getting good grades period. Like I like achieving. I like, you know, like that side, which looking back, there's some unhealth in that for sure. <laughs> but, um, we yeah. could not be, we could not be any more different. <laughs> I was like, get me out of school. I'm done with this. But I guess, um, you know, my mom, so my mom's a nurse and my dad is an engineer and I, and my sister, she's six years older than me, but she's a lawyer. And, um, so watching my sister go through law school, I was like, absolutely not. That seems terrible. Don't want to do that. And then my parents, I was like, I don't want to do either of these things. So I knew from the from the start I did not want to be a nurse engineer or lawyer but other than that I was just like I don't really know what I want to do I went through I think all the like you know cliches of like oh I should be a pharmacist to make lots of money or I should be a marine biologist because that's not like I think everyone at one point wanted to be a marine biologist and that's our age yeah yeah and I'm like how many people do we know that are actually marine biologists 
None. I don't know. Any- yeah, zero. <laughs> we don't know anyone that actually did that. Yeah. But um, but really, I I had no idea. And then whenever golf, whenever I saw people doing something that I was interested in that had to do with the sport that I really loved, and that was just my life at the time, I was like that. I think that could be cool. You're outside, you're, it's relational, you're getting to know people, you're helping them do something better that they love too. Like, and so really I would say in going, entering into college, that was like, I was like tunnel vision. I'm only going to do that and that alone. Um, And yeah, so, and I kind of, I went into it for my major with the same thing. I was like, even if, later which now the lord is funny because it's just like when you think you're you know exactly what you're gonna do forever he can kind of weave you in and out and he can use things in different stages to prepare you and now i'm not i'm not in golf and so it is um but thankfully i did do that major because it did prepare me exactly for what i'm doing now you know so it's just been a cool journey yeah, that is so cool. Uh, so you've kind of had the opposite of what most people have talked about. They um, said that they got into college, they either switch majors a bunch of times, and now they're in a career that they don't use that degree whatsoever, where you kind of did opposite, where you went a different route and now has come back to your degree, um, which is really cool. That's a great thing to do. Um I graduated with a sports management degree and I have zero clue what to do with that. Um, so I think what you're doing is really nice. Um, it's really awesome. Um, okay. So let's talk about a little bit. Um, you're kind of finishing up at UAB um, and you are wanting to go and do the professional golf, like PGA, like that kind of thing. How did you get involved in that? So um, there is kind of two routes you can go. So whether, um, like if I didn't play in college, I could have gone to a school. Um, there's different programs. So like Mississippi state, um, and some other places have PGM programs. So professional golf management where you go and you'd still basically get a business management degree, but you would do all of the extra stuff and you would graduate with your PGA certification as well. That I couldn't do, obviously, because I wanted to play in college. Um, And so the other realm is after someone goes through and already has a college degree or is already working, you can do like an apprentice program. So kind of um, kind of similar to like maybe a trade, Um, like an electrician finds another electrician kind of deal. Um, I my. Oh, I don't even remember now. I feel like it was my maybe sophomore year. I went to um, a local club in Birmingham and a private club. And I went and I was like, hey, I'm really interested. I know you guys have a great junior golf program. Is there any way that I could be there in the summer as your intern? Like, do you have any internship opportunities? Um, and, And it turned out they did. And then he was like, oh, well, why don't you work some in the golf shop now to get to know the members before the summer? Like, why wait till summer? And kind of got bamboozled a little bit. I walked out <laughs> and I was just like, I don't have time for a job. But they were, they were super sweet and flexible. I think only worked like maybe once or twice a month. Like, oh, as, a full, as a college athlete, there's no way that you can have a job and do, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But they were very, 
very flexible. Um, and then in the summer I worked there and, um, I ended up working there throughout. Um, and so that's, as soon as I graduated, I was still at the same place. So, um, even though I was starting like, you know, your official first time big girl job or whatever, you know, no more summers, all of that. Um, I'd already been there for at that point, probably it was like three years. So it was very normal. Um, and what is really nice about that is they gave me a lot of, um, freedom and responsibility because I, they knew me. Um, so I was already teaching a large amount of people at that time that I was going through, um, the program and it, it is, I guess it's both practice, like practicum and academic side. Um, so you have to take a plane test first, um, before you can get accepted into the program. And I mean, it's not, it's not easy, but it's also not like the most difficult thing in the world. Like it's basically, I would say it's around, it's shooting around probably 76 twice. And you, you have to play 36 holes and once and do that and get a certain score. It's really like just a pressure thing, I think. Um, and then after that, you take some like online tests or mine were online because I was in Birmingham, but you take um, tests about different teaching philosophies and like about the golf swing and the technical side. Um, and then they also like, while you're doing that, you're working on portfolio. And so it's basically like a really long drawn out college class, like an online class where there's different things that they want to see. So I had to like record myself giving a short game lesson to a group of three to five students on a certain thing and pretend like I'd never met these people, even though they were just like my friends that I worked with and like record myself and, you know, give them little fake lessons and then submit the videos and then write essays basically on each step of the process. Um and you do that three times and then you actually have to travel down. I don't know if it's still this way, but you had to, I had to travel down um, to um, the PGA headquarters in Florida and sit in a lecture basically for like four days straight of different things that were going over the portfolio that then you would come back home and work on. Um, so there's different levels. And then after you've done all three, um, you've passed all your tests, then you have your PGA certification. Nice. So, okay, if you get your PGA certification, I'm assuming you can enter into uh, those PGA certified golf tournaments. Is that right? So, the PGA certification, there, the PGA in general, Professional Golf of America. Um, there's kind of two rounds. Yes. I thought it was yeah. association. Oh, it is. Sorry. It, but it, it's like, the oh, okay, okay. but like there's two different realms basically. So okay. like there's the playing on TV realm and that is like people are Monday qualifying or um, you are super high in amateur golf stuff. And then you're able to just automatically qualify for tournaments or get like special invitations or whatever. Um, then the other side is like club pros. So like at 
any golf course, there's typically um, someone who is certified and they, they have usually either an LPGA or a PGA certification or both. Um, and they run all the tournaments and events. Um, they know the rules and regulations of golf to be able to run tournaments um, and give lessons. And it's trying to create a standard that's super high for lessons and things like that. So basically like someone off the street that's never played tricks you into taking a golf lesson. Like it's supposed to elevate you and keep golf high across the board. And also um, the name, like the, the prestige or whatever of having the letters behind your name. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it just, um, it's better. Like, I guess for tennis is a little bit the same way. Cause like we have tennis pros that will come yes. to yep. our school and help the tennis teams and stuff like that. So I guess it's around the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really wish I could have been a part of those, um, video lessons that you had to turn in. <laughs> I know nothing about golf, obviously. Um, if you haven't picked that up yet. Um, so maybe one day we go to Top Golf and you uh tell yeah. me what I am doing is wrong. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so that is really cool. I did not realize there's like two little sectors or avenues um for it. Uh so I'm assuming you did do a lot of private lessons um and did you go and travel anywhere with it or did you mainly stay in Birmingham? Yeah. Um, mainly stayed in Birmingham. Uh, what was kind of cool is like people, it is a very relational situation because like if you're, you know, giving someone a lesson once a week, usually they were our lessons um and you know yeah you're going over stuff they're hitting shots or whatever you're also getting to know them as a person so you know you know what their grandkids names are or what they're interested in what their hobbies are and you can you know check on them during as you progress and um but then what's cool too is they start seeing results they get really excited they start their friends start noticing oh my gosh you're playing like way better what's going on And they're like, oh, well, I'm taking lessons from whoever. And then word of mouth association, like things can start happening really quickly. Um, And so then it would even be people not from the club that I was at, but from other clubs around Birmingham would want lessons. Um, So I'd get to like meet different people that weren't necessarily members or whatever. Um, And and that was just really cool, too. I also taught all different ages. So I taught people that were like a five-year-old little girl to a 90-year-old man. So like that's a totally different, you know, yeah, totally different demographics there. Yeah, the whole spectrum, Um, but golly. Yes. And and I'm sure like you have to And everything between. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to teach them differently. Uh, So everybody's unique because like what you said before is – golf is a one person sport, like uh, not a team where you can kind of create a team atmosphere, but you really do have to know the person's personality. And yeah. uh, So um, I am not a single sport 
kind of person. Uh, I definitely have to be a part of a team because I think I, I am my own worst critic. So I think if I was by myself, I would be really hard <laughs> on myself. <laughs> just giving Yes. Up. Well, and I mean, a golf, having a golf pro is basically like kind of like a hairstylist, like your part counselor as well. Like, because it truly is such a mind game. And it's such a mental sport. And so like you're sitting there like encouraging and you're exactly right. You have to know what someone is like Mm -hmm. um, and kind of just discern like personalities, but also motivations and all of that kind of stuff to be able to be, be that counselor side too, that encourager whenever, you know, it's needed and all of that. Um, But yeah, definitely from, five to 90 whatever (laughs) like I mean it's crazy thinking back of like oh my gosh those are that's a lot of different dynamics you know I think like what is cool too I don't know about the 90 year old but like with little kids seeing them progress um through and seeing them like getting older as they go um and say like wow you have come a long way since like you started which I'm sure I'm hoping every five-year-old when they grow up is better than when they were at five yes but uh that's the thing about like when I was coaching too I was so proud of like I taught girls that didn't know how to make a layup and so I was they finally made that first layup like it was like a celebration (laughs) it was was so mm-hmm. encouraging is definitely, I lean more towards the side of encouragement too with my players. And uh, I do think that it is something like, especially for girls, I don't know how much of it is for guys, but with girls, you have to encourage and be that person for them because they can be extremely hard on themselves. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I remember just like, I was actually talking to a friend um, recently who she ran track in college and um well you're just talking about you know different coach dynamics coach and player stuff and um I think girls in general I shouldn't generalize this but we put so much pressure on ourselves and we want to perform so well and it's just like you know if you go out and pressure gets to you you don't have the best game or you didn't play well that day or you know like you didn't you didn't come off the blocks the right way or whatever the last thing most likely someone needs is someone like getting onto them or pointing it out like it's like yeah I did not put in all these hours to try to suck today right I didn't you know like I didn't do this to like really like choke sorry Uh you know like (laughs) you know like that's not what we probably need um that is so true Uh, yeah. I know. I like right when you said that. I thought about the Olympic uh, relay team a couple of years yes. ago when the women dropped the baton, and I was like, they did not work that hard <laughs> to drop. It's like it I did literally, yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, that is really cool. I love um because I I love all things sports. I'm terrible at golf. I know. <clears throat> I do know this about myself. Uh, but it is nice to just talk about sports a little bit. Um. So, okay, let's switch gears, though, um, and kind of say a little bit about what you do now. I know you've kind of removed uh, from golf. You've had a baby. um, And now um, tell us a little bit about what you do at Lifeline. Yeah, so I am on the marketing team there, and I'm the project manager. um, And I tell everyone this all the time, that I have the coolest job there. 
um, because I get to show off the amazing things that really talented and creative, wonderful people and friends make. And then my job is to show it off to everyone else. Um, and not that I like, I'm not any of the talented or creative part of that side. Um, we're kind of like the air traffic controller and kind of liaison between the inner departments there and just kind of master organizer um, and communicator, keeping everyone on track um, and giving details to the right people and making sure like the baton handoff between like copy and design happens smoothly and we can get things ordered and whenever in whenever they're supposed to be. Yeah. So you keep the boat afloat pretty much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know about that, but it really, um, it's just been a cool situation. I, um, didn't know really anything. I mean, I had a marketing minor or whatever, but like in general, how much do we actually learn in college about a lot of things? Not a ton. Um, so um, I've learned so, so much since I've been there and I've gotten to like learn new skills. And I, like I said, I'm not an expert at anything, but it's been so fun. Like I told you earlier, I love learning things. I love school. Um, so it's just been really cool to kind of dig into a more creative side. Um, and Truly, I work with the best people, the best team. I love it. Um, I love them. And I truly enjoy like going to work every day. And I didn't think I would ever be that person. Um, and it's been really great being a mom and the flexibility and being at a place that truly understands family and the just like, yes, I'm going to do my job to the best of my ability. I'm going to work so hard. All of that, ob obviously. It's in athletes, it's not really in us to just do something just to do it. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it's a job and it's not who I am. And it's not the most important thing about me. We have so many other roles and truly our identity isn't wrapped up in anything that we do. Um, and that's been kind of the, the journey that got me to Lifeline and it's been great. Yeah. Um, so I know, uh, like Brittany talks about you and, uh, your baby a lot. Uh, so do you, uh, you get to help at all with her golf tournament or do you go or are you, are you involved uh, in any way? Yeah. So, um, this year they promised me last year I was supposed to play, um, and ended up, something came up like that day, like something that was totally not, I think it was like the Dobbs decision or something, but something came up and like, it was just like, we had to be on deck about like sending emails, all these things. And so I was just like, I better not go this year. They've been like, no matter what Rebecca is playing this year. Um, <laughs> and it's been so fun um, kind of talking about and kind of getting back in, in a totally different way. Um, and I was like, man, I haven't played in so long. We went to Top Golf a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I gotta practice. I'm gonna play in a couple of weeks. <laughs> All these people are gonna be like, what? <laughs> I don't know what. Okay, so in golf, which I, again, I have very limited knowledge. Um, like you know how if you are running, if you're uh, running against somebody that's not great, they get a head start. So like if you are super good is there like a head start you can get in golf for the other people 
Yes. Um, so there's a system for that. It's called the handicap system. And so basically it gives like you, it gives someone strokes to take off their score at the end to try to like level the playing field. Um, okay. So yeah. for me, I would need a handicap of like a hundred. It's <laughs> what I'm hearing. Um, okay. So I do know like one of the funniest things is um, Brittany did, I think it was her first year doing the golf tournament and they handed out throws. Like, I guess you could literally throw the golf ball onto the green. I'm not oh, really yeah. as mm-hmm. the, the handicap I'm assuming. Um, but I think they sold way too many. <laughs> and so like literally everybody's just scores were like, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. I was like crying, laughing so hard. Uh, but they made a lot of money with people buying those. <laughs> so it is a good uh, fundraiser for lifeline. For sure. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. that'll be exciting. Hopefully I'll be out there for that one. I was able to come to the first one, not so much the second one, but, um, hopefully I'll be able to come out there and, uh, support and watch, but, um, okay. To wrap it all up, um, uh, Rebecca, I always end with asking people, um, if you could give advice to either a younger you while you were growing up or, um, somebody that is interested in either like going into golf or, um, just whatever life advice that you could give somebody, what would it be? I would say who you are, isn't what you do. Hmm. I love that. That's awesome. Um, that like, it's so true because you can get so wrapped up in an identity. Oh um, yeah. So I definitely, that's totally where I was. Um, cause when I left golf, I didn't have a job lined up at all um I quit and didn't have anything and then two days later COVID happened and the world shut down Uh, (laughs) um and I actually in the interim like I ended up I was a school secretary for a year um and I feel like the Lord used that in a lot of ways to just show me um like I had worked so hard. I thought that golf was exactly what I was going to do forever, you know, all those things. Um, But he just really used it to humble me and show me like, you know, I've already told you who you are and that will never change. And that is never going to change. Like you are mine. You're my daughter. You're worthy. You're capable. You're all these things. And it doesn't matter what you do or what your title says or any of those things. Um, And truly has been just a crazy journey and um but it's also just really cool to see like even though what I'm doing now I am still going to get to play golf in a few weeks doing that too so it just um that is like one thing about golf is that and maybe tennis are two of the only sports you can play literally your entire life and it's so cool seeing multi-generations playing together and like grandparents playing with you know granddaughters or grandson like that is just a really cool thing that you can't do with everything right um, yeah I, and, I, I tried to play basketball last year for the first time like literally two months after having jack and i was uh, like what am i doing <laughs> like i couldn't oh even my God. i don't know I what i was thinking <laughs> i can't even imagine that <laughs> yeah, i literally thought my both my legs broke i was like i'm dead i don't know what happened i lost all my <laughs> athletic ability 
Um, so hopefully uh, we always do it for this like field day at the school that we do. It is teachers versus students. And I love it. Like I'm super competitive. I finally get to play basketball again. And then I go out there and I'm like, I'm, I can't breathe. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Um, I can't move the next week, but it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally worth it. Super sore afterwards, but extremely worth it. Um, well, Rebecca, thank you so much again for doing this with me. Um, you have a super cool story uh, that I'm so glad that I was able to hear and get to share on this podcast. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so um, hopefully Brittany will uh, tell me more VK stories until we can. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much, and I'll catch you later. Thank you so much for listening to season two of How They Did It. I would also like to say a special thank you to all of my guests this season. Thank you for allowing me to share your stories and put them on this podcast. Season three is right around the corner, and it will start in the summer. So stay tuned. But before I let you go, make sure you subscribe to this podcast to keep up to date with new episodes. And please, please, please leave a five-star review. If you felt inspired by today's episode or like to leave a suggestion on what career I should interview next, find me on Instagram under how.theydidit. How they did it was already taken. Well, that's a wrap for season two. Thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Hannah Josie.